Hi besties, it's Natalie here with my best friend Liz and we're here with you. Two girlies. Two girlies. <coughs> oh God. Oh boy, we're coming in hot then for this episode. Welcome to the Peony Podcast, a place where I like to share the raw, the real, and the relevant. And I like to have my friends on because all my friends are super cool and talented, Liz in particular. What's up? I'm special. Um, oh. <laughs> this episode cannot consist of us just laughing Giggle into the mud. <laughs> so I had to do copywriting for one of my clients, and it's for, like, movie production titles. So, like, when you go to Netflix, it's, I'm writing the copy, whatever. I wrote the word giggle-filled. Which is, I mean, obviously hyphenated, um, and an uncommon one at that, and, um... It's not a. It's not a word. This twirling that you're doing, you can't be doing it. Okay. It's gonna throw the sound off. Your voice okay. is gonna be like a. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. So, hi. You've been staying with me for a minute now. You're visiting from London. Yes. How's your trip been? Are you having fun? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like my ideal trip would be me going to the beach every single day. Um and tanning and i have to be honest i've i'm watching your skin fall <laughs> off as you talk i'm literally watching your peel peel i'm a i am a human flake <laughs> and on that note i want to take a quick pause and i want to ask you the audience a question and i want you to keep it in the back of your head throughout this episode i'm not going to give you any context but what is your lump which brings us into a, a story um, that I unfortunately have to tell. Take it away. Be the bearer. Um, so I was on a date with someone and uh, to put it bluntly, he had a lump on his head. <laughs> this was a second date. I didn't notice the lump on the first go. Um, the second date, there was some unfortunate lighting unfortunate for him fortunate for me if you will um and it enlightened me and and his head to his <laughs> lump <laughs> um and anyway long story short he was rude um and well, rude is an understatement of the century he's <laughs> a scoundrel and a half <laughs> as all men are um kind of true <laughs> back yourself he which kind of we'll get back to this point but like a lot of men are really annoying around me in regards to like my success they're say it liz is a rich bitch okay well, <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm not gonna be the one to say it i'll say it <laughs> but like i think a lot of men are really intimidated by that and sometimes that come that like ekes out in like really weird ways um but you if you ever ask any man they're like what uh, yeah no they, baby i would love that what i want to i want that yeah well i actually saw a tiktok about this the other day and i was um you didn't send it to me no oh rip <laughs> um so <laughs> um it was like talking about like this girl was like talking about like, oh, she makes more than um, her boyfriend. And, like she found out how much he makes. And then she was like, oh, I want to make like just as much, if not more. Mm -hmm. And then that was happening for her. And then 
in the comments, like, all of the men were like, yeah, like, I would be super supportive of, like, a girl, like, I was dating to, like, make more money than me and paid for everything. And I was like, ooh. Liars. No, but I don't even, I think that, like, the red flag in that is like, well, I don't, like, I make a lot of money, but I don't want to be paying for for everything. everything. Like, why is that? That went right over my head. Why is that on me? Like, just, I'm, I mean. That's a very interesting, I think that they're thinking, I think most men in their head when they go on a date, they're like, oh, my wallet's just drained. Like when they start dating a girl, they're like, I have to pay for everything. So if a girl is online, like, oh, I make X amount of money. They're like, oh, the roles are switched now. Now you go out and you pay for everything. I think people have a very hard time of like, if one makes more money than the other, you can still balance. There's still some sort of balance that can go on. I mean, it's just subtly ironic because I feel like men never pay for me anyway. I mean, not. I feel like okay. you're too nice. I am too nice. Um, it's it, but it's you only, offer. Look at me in the eyes. You offer. Don't. I don't want to look at you in the eyes. <laughs> um, I'm feeling threatened. <laughs> You are. I've just I've heard eye contact. I don't think I've ever offered. Maybe I've been like, oh, do you want to split it? Yeah, I was talking to uh, my friend Lexi, who's a model, who is also just absolutely murdering the game. Um, Aggressive choice of words <laughs> there. Wow. Extremely. I'm in a Ted Bundy sort of mood. Stop it. Um, <laughs> if you will. Not the vibe for this show. <laughs> anyway, she's like incredibly successful. Um, and she like was like i never pay i never (laughs) offer she was like i would never i mean to be honest like if you're a dime piece right do you have to which you are and no you don't so speaking of success what the fuck do you do um like my job Mm -hmm. oh um i well i guess i'm a woman who wears many hats um but to be a little more concise i do creative direction um and like on a more real level like i take photos and and videos and like create concepts and basically just like bring those to life um for primarily um beauty and fashion brands that was a really pretty way to say that (laughs) that was a pretty way to say that When I met you years ago, we met obviously through a mutual friend and you were living in the building that I currently live in. You were doing so much freelance work for a million different people, but the main one being like a little hair and jewelry brand. And I've never seen someone so busy. Like I just remember your apartment had backdrops everywhere, products everywhere, like cameras, lighting. How did you get into that? How did you get your first client? What was that process like for you? Um, it was, I'm trying to think back. So basically I finished, I went to uni um, in London and when I finished university, then I, well, I was in a not so good relationship and I left. Um, I literally was like, okay, um, like, didn't break up, just was like... Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> um, but ultimately, like, that kind of, like, led into me being like, okay, well, I need to, like, start my career. And I wanted to kind of focus in swimwear, which obviously hmm. is not the vibe in London. It was kind of popping off. That was, like, in, like, Stone Cold Fox heyday. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I feel like there's so many other, like, bikini brands that are in my head. But, like, Acacia. I don't know. Anyway, if you know anything about, like, swimwear, it was, like... I feel like especially popping off at that time and 
Um, I just made a huge list of like all of the brands that I wanted to work with um, and just basically started reaching out, like just cold calling essentially to all of these people. And I was very much like, I was very much in the mindset, like if you're going to do something, like you should always get paid for it. Because I feel like... Because what the hell? Because what the hell? Like, I just feel like you could learn on the job. I think a lot of people don't want to... They're like, oh, well, I don't know how to do that. So I probably shouldn't charge for it. Well, no, just learn. Right, right. (laughs) Just figure it out. Like, for sure, like, charge something, like, maybe that you feel like... Is appropriate. Yes. Um, Like, don't immediately go out guns blazing that's exactly what i did with one-on-one coaching i started with 50 dollars calls i had never coached anyone before but had to get started so there you go yeah totally and it's like you're not coming from no information right right like you have a basic idea i mean in my case like i literally had a degree right it's so you're fully equipped yeah for sure what was your degree in uh fashion photography oh fashion photography wow fashion photography fashion photography what was that? <laughs> James? Um, <laughs> what was that? If you don't know the Wendy Williams show, you're sleeping. At least if you don't see the viral audios or hear the viral audios. I don't support. I just have to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. But we support the Death. audio. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> so do you think that... I remember when I started blogging and influencing... 2016 it's so much different now do you think that that's still a good way to get clients just finding a bunch of people that you want to work with and reaching out to them i think that's like literally never gonna die that will always be appropriate um i i agree (laughs) i think that will never go away if you want to work with someone reach out like and the thing that i think helped me kind of grow over the years was i I do think I have a really good memory anyway. Um, probably you from that. You do have an odd memory. It's, I think it's that like hunter gatherer brain. Like we were the gatherers. Like we remember all those, where all the berries are. You know what I'm saying? What are you talking about? Like, like as humans? Like women were the gatherers of oh, society. Oh, yeah, but I'm a woman and I don't have a memory like that. You have like a, oh yeah, on my second birthday I was okay, wearing That's only blah. because, do you know how I grew up with my father? Every morning, Elizabeth, um, and do you know what day it is today? Um, no, Dad. Like, what day is it? Today is Tuesday, February twelfth. Stop. And you know what we were doing five years ago? <laughs> I'm like, what, Dad? He's what? trying to train you to have a photographic memory. I I don't know. I've actually I asked him once, like, how do you remember stuff? Like, do you have like a photographic memory? And he was like, What do you mean? I just remember stuff. And I was like, That's some more. <laughs> that's something that someone with a photographic memory says. <laughs> Like, what do you mean? What do what don't I mean? How do you remember? I don't know. I think he's even more like crazy than I am in terms of like his memory abilities. So um, I was going to ask you, text you and ask you, did I go to the store this morning? Then I remembered. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Wow. I have. A, I mean, sometimes like I never mess up on work stuff. That's what's always yeah. interesting to me. My memory never fails me. Except today I almost forgot about that call. <laughs> But in general, but I didn't, I caught it. (laughs) I felt something was wrong and I caught it. So, okay. I'm with you. I don't feel like cold, 
old emailing will ever die out. I think having that like really good memory and obviously you don't have to have a crazy memory. You can just take notes. Um, it's, <laughs> like don't get crazy. Um, but I would reach out and email all these people and then I would kind of categorize them of like, okay, they either, if they didn't get back, then they were kind of like, okay, maybe this either isn't a good email for them or they're just not interested or anyone who would reach out, I would be like, and even if they weren't interested at the time, I'd be like, okay, like when is a good time to like reach out the next time? And I would file them into, you know, folders that were like, okay, this is a, you know, reach out in two months from reach out into three months from now, whatever, and be really, really on it because Mm -hmm. the amount of times where I just was relentless basically (laughs) and just came back and came back to those people who were like didn't want anything and then actually ended up getting money out of them was great I mean there's a particular example where I was working with a brand I still work with now and she had like a really small brand it was just her and her son's company really um and she also worked for GT's Kombucha. And I had been insistently reaching out to her about her own little small brand. And then she was like, oh, we actually have an emergency. We had a photo shoot for GT's that went really badly. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you, like, are you available for these dates? And I was like, yeah. And that was a, like... That was a big client of hers for a long time. Yeah, it was like a big client. It was like a big, like, good job and, like, And I would have never gotten that if I wasn't like super relentless and also cared about the quote unquote small fish. So it's kind of like you never know what's going to end up happening just by... I emailed Pretty Little Thing almost 80 times over the course of four years and finally they reached out and that was like my third or fourth paid brand collaboration. I mean, a bit excessive, but I swear a lot of them were going to spam. (laughs) I know it. I know they weren't getting those emails. (laughs) Maybe they just thought, all right, well, she won't leave us alone. I mean, over the course of four years, obviously, I grew a lot. So they were probably like, oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, yeah, ultimately, I think just keep pushing. And then I think you'll get somewhere. As I mentioned earlier, you and I met through a mutual friend. She and I were going to the beach. And I remember she was like, oh, I'm meeting up with this photographer who I met on Instagram. She wants to do a little shoot with me, like come with. And you and I met, obviously, hit it off. Here we are, all these years later. (laughs) How do you reach out to people and meet models? Because I, I see you shooting with all these different women all the time. So where are you finding them? So interestingly enough, most of the models I've, most of the models I've met have I've met them through Instagram and actually those that's like how I've met most of my friends at this (laughs) point like I every time I end up thinking through this conversation I'm like "Mm, okay like I feel like 90% of my friends are basically people I've met through social media which is insane to me but it's the same concept of as it's the same concept as getting clients essentially like I just would find people just through like you know, (laughs) location stalking or through like friends of other models that I already knew and just reach out and be like, hey, like I want to either do something for fun or I have something paid, what you would be good for or whatever. And then just continue to work with them if they ended up 
being a good model essentially and then obviously struck friendships up through some of those connections I mean, you laugh at location stalking, but that's a super good tip or searching hashtags like I live in Orange County, Orange County model, like then boom, there's all these people right at your fingertips that you can reach out to. I have a post going out tomorrow and it says, let's be real. You don't lack resources. You're just not resourceful. And I think that's a really big one. Everything's right there. Like you just have to go out and reach out and like meet people and do it. Yeah, it's you not... basically you create your own like destiny. You're yeah. Not... Oh, wow. Soundbite. <laughs> We're not recreating the wheel here. It's just like go do it. Yeah. Like I think people really want to like sit on their ass and like pretend that like stuff totally. doesn't come to them. I mean, the amount of like, I. This is like a potentially a TMI, but the amount of people I've like been dating who like at one point during our relationship they didn't have a job or whatever. And then same. They were just like, Oh, well, this isn't a good fitter, this isn't this, or this isn't this. And like my parents always were like, You just get a job and you worry later if it's the right job or not. You just get a job to have a job and then you figure it out. That also flows into like applying for jobs that you're not necessarily qualified for let them tell you no like don't if you tell yourself no like that's i think how I was does that help talking to you about this i was i was reading a statistic that said men get so many more jobs when applying because they don't look at the qualifications whereas a woman when she's applying for a job she looks to see if a bachelor's is required or four years minimum. If a guy sees a job he's interested in, he's going to press apply. Therefore, he has more of a chance of getting it. And I thought that was really interesting. Like, yeah, you just have to, you just have to go for it. I think that our parents are very similar in that way. If you remember the last boy I dated who was in a financial pickle and just a bad, bad place in life. He just wanted to, eh, that's just not it for me, but mm. wanted to complain and like be really unhappy and down about it. Well, it's like, get up and go do something. Yeah. Like, you, instead of exerting your energy into complaining about how nothing's coming together for you, just like put your head down and get work done and get into it and then... I think you'll find that eventually those things that you're complaining about will literally go away. Like hard work is the answer to all problems, I think. And yeah. You have a very intense work hustle mindset, (laughs) I would say. Do you feel like you've had burnouts, a big burnout? Are you, how do you balance it all? How do you balance doing so much and also living a life um well a couple of things come to mind so first of all i grew up in a household with um parents who um like my dad and my mom and and my stepmom like all of them own their own businesses so i like really grew up in an environment where it was just super normal and standard to be essentially a workaholic Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so I think that contributes to that mindset. And then regarding like burnouts, I think, yeah, of course, like I'm a normal human being. Of course I've burned out before. And I think, especially where I am right now in life, I think 
I really feel like, and I've said this to you before, but I feel like I'm like running a marathon and it's like, I need to, I've like gotten my second wind and I'm like on my 30th (laughs) wind, if you will. And it's like, can we, do do I really have like the capacity for another wind? Can we lap this one and just call it? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm like, can I finish the race now, please? I would like to tap out. (laughs) Um, You've seen Gossip Girl, right? Yeah. There's a scene where Blair's trying to throw her first fashion show. And is that the one with Jenny? Or is that the... Okay. Continue. No, it's later. She and Chuck are like to trying to be together, but Chuck has to defeat his dad. But I just remember she's like, <laughs> what a show. I know. She's going for it, going for it. And she ends up like fainting. She's not eating. She's like working mm. a ton. And the doctor comes and he's like, you can't work. Chuck comes by and he like tucks her in with a blanket and gives her food. He's like, I'll take care of it and puts on the whole fashion show for her. And whenever I think about a burnout, I always think of that like luxurious. She was like being pampered to Rhoda's fanning her. It's really not like that at all. (laughs) Also, like where's like the Chucks of the world? They have lumps on them. Well, no, I don't. He was not a Chuck. At best, he was a Dan. (laughs) Stop it. He was literally a... Who was... He was a Damien. (laughs) He was a Damien. He was the guy that was in jail. He was the bad one. Which, by the way, um, sidebar to Mr. Lump in question. He was a chef and I, you know... You cooked for him. I... He came to me with a little sob story. He was like... He was like, oh... No one ever cooks for me. Uh, I'm always cooking for other people. And I was like, oh, well. You're too nice. Well, you know what? What do you want from me? What'd you cook him? Uh, Cauliflower tacos, like buffalo cauliflower tacos. He's a vegan chef as well. So some people might have been even more vexed by that. But um, Can you cook that for me? That sounds quite lovely. It is is really good, actually. Sidebar of the sidebar, are we still going to try and make a, a run to our Italian restaurant? I know, I was thinking about that today. I was like, mm, te amo. Te amo, the clock is ticking. Wait, is it? I love you. Yeah, but is that, in, what, how do you say I love you in, in Spanish? I think it's the same. Huh. I'm sweating up a storm. It's so hot in here. My. I can see the speedometer. Nope, thermometer. <laughs> and it is 77 degrees. That's ungodly. How are you reading that? It's I've, not bright enough. I feel like it says 74, actually. Now that I'm looking at it, it says 86. Nope. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Long story short, man with lump. Um, <laughs> vegan chef. Vegan chef. AKA lump. AKA lump. Um, the reason we pose the question, what is your lump, is because... <laughs> I was like, I mean, ultimately, I was like, I can't be... When I was talking to Natalie, I was like, I can't, I can't hate this man because he has a lump on his head. Am I going to judge him for his lump? Of course not. We all, we all have a lump. We all have a lump. And I was like, that got me to thinking, like, what's what's my lump? I think you texted me saying, what is my lump? <laughs> I think you just sent me like a three second voice memo. There was silence at the beginning and then, what is my lump? <laughs> You know how I, I get very pensive. You do? Wow. What do you think your lump is? Um, I'll share mine. 
<laughs> of course. Can you go first? Well, I think I have quite a few lumps, to be honest. We all do. Recently, to be physical with it, I found a mole that I would like to get removed. It's tiny. Can you see it? I actually thought it was a pimple for a while. Yeah, Look, shine your flashlight. I'm getting the flashlight out. It's right there. Oh, it's so small. I hate it. Okay. So that's my first lump, I would say. <laughs> a literal lump? A literal. My second, and it's gotten so much better over the years, but I just have a little temper. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Well, she gets a little spicy, like a little. Chili no, I de- listen. I have a temper. One of my. <laughs> Even the way you said that, I felt like she was mad. <laughs> I think that's the way you perceive things, girly. Girly, you're so sensitive. Rate this podcast five stars if you think that girly is a passive aggressive way to talk to someone. I had someone say that to me at work. Obviously, I'm like on a friendship basis with her as well, so it was fine. But she, <laughs> I was trying to get assets to her in time, and she was like, "Girly, um, we need these pictures like right now. We have to post them." We were both like, "Oh, attacked!" <laughs> no, I felt a little attacked, but then I also was like, "I was like, ooh, I better get them in." <laughs> Swift kick in the butt. Yeah, it was like it was like a little pony, and someone hit me with their crop. Stop. I went to the fair the other night and they I saw all the horses there and I felt so sad seeing all these little punk ass kids riding on those horses. Were they, was it like petting zoo vibes? No, the horses were like on a conveyor belt type of vibe. You're talking about a carousel? No, they were alive. <laughs> the horses were alive, Liz. They had come to life in my imagination. No, they were real. They were real horses. Oh, okay. They so, were Shetland ponies, tiny ones. Sh- Shetland. Shetland. <laughs> Shetland. Is that what it's? You know, you learn something new every day. For everyone who thought it was Shetland, <laughs> it's actually Shetland. Shetland ponies. Excuse me. Um, what is your lump? Don't try and swim out of that one, lump girl. <laughs> little front crawl um (laughs) okay (laughs) concentrate um my lump okay so I feel like my lump is that I give people like too much rope essentially like they can kind of just treat me I feel like I'm really strong and can put up with a lot and ultimately that just makes it so that like people are kind of can treat me badly because i don't know is that i don't know if that necessarily qualifies as a lump but i think no i think coming the lump is exactly that what is a just a a flaw that you'd like to work on you can remove a head lump you can remove a mole you can work on a temper and give people less rope you know that's Hmm. the lump and that's what we want you to think about you know, what's what's your lump? Instead of looking at everyone else and saying, hmm, you have a lump on your head, you have a pimple on your chin, whatever it may be, what do you have? What's your lump? What's your lump? I, I listen, and I don't think that's a bad lump for you to have. I mean, it's bad for you, it's great for everyone else, but I think that you can figure out how to utilize it in a way that only makes everything better. Because you are so dominant and like passionate and just you you are a very strong person and I don't feel like you do that with 
Maybe you do. I don't feel like you do that with friends necessarily. I think it's a boy thing. It's a boy thing, and it didn't. It, it interestingly didn't used to be a work thing. I think in the situation I'm in now, I think it's grown to be that way. I have always been. <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better explanation, I was a spoiled child. <laughs> And, and an only child. And an only child, which, you know, <laughs> and a child of divorced parents, so, you know. They go hand in hand. It all adds up, if you will. Um, <laughs> a little stew. A little stew. A little gazpacho. Stop. Uh, I hate gazpacho. It's, why, why is there cold soup, huh? That honestly seems like something you would love. I felt like that was right up That's your alley. That's a horrible thing to say is about that a rude? <laughs> You seem like the type of person who would love gazpacho. You just seem like a gazpacho lover. Can I be honest? A cold soup. Thanks, Dick. <laughs> that is so funny. You're giving cold soup lover. It's giving. <laughs> I do think your work situation is peculiar. And I think that... I think in general, as freelancers... It's really easy to give a lot of rope and then just get stomped on. Yeah, you can't do that. Um, yeah. You have to like really not give anyone any rope whatsoever. You have to really set clear boundaries immediately, right away. Like if you ever look up any advice on being a freelancer, it's like the first thing they're going to tell you. Like don't ever try and be like the nice guy. Every- yeah. Everything has a price. Um, and people are looking to take advantage of you. Yeah. And people will, you, you want to think that like, oh, people are like nice and they're not going to be dicks for the, people are not going to like, is there a, screw you over. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the case. Yeah. They will. They will. You know, if you don't set boundaries, then kiss your life goodbye. Yeah. You're in for like a long one. Um, One of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, sorry to cut you off, but like we've talked about your bourgeoisie, how did you, and you live in a nice apartment, like how did you, when you were younger and just getting started, how did you afford a specific lifestyle as a freelancer? How did you make it work? I mean, let's be real. Like I really went from, when I moved back from uni, I was living with my parents um and then I ended up moving in with a boyfriend and at the time I think I was paying at the time I think I was paying around 500 to like 750 a month for rent and there were like definitely months in there where I had to be like hey mom like I'm like I might need like 200 bucks or whatever because like I'm I'm struggling and I was never really a budgeter, so <laughs> I probably could No have. finance advice here. No. Um, but obviously, like, I wasn't, like, as spendy as I am now. But right. um, I, like, I, my point is, like, there were definitely months that were harder than others. And, like, I needed to ask for help. And I just remember you saying you make it work. Yeah. Like, because... Uh, a lot of people don't like being freelancers because they just think like, oh, there's too much risk involved. Like that, my mom always says that to me. She's like, I don't know how that, how you like live doing that. Like, day how did you know? Yeah. Like, how did you know like you were gonna be able to like pay for stuff and whatever? And I was like, well, first of all, I always made a huge deal of having contracts with my clients so that I had guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I. <laughs> I don't really 
really like the like phrase like you manifest stuff. I feel like that's really annoying to me personally, but I just I love that phrase. That's all I use on this podcast, but hey, we move. I know. <laughs> I think it's like ultimately it's the same idea. I just don't like that word. You just um, do it. You believe it. Yeah, like you just really truly believe that something's going to happen and then I think that makes things kind of gravitate towards you. Um I always viewed it as like luck. Um, no 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 not at all that's so funny I talk about that a lot because in a really technical end I think a lot of social media is just luck like some accounts do great some don't you could do the same thing for all mm -hmm. of them and one will pop off but I think for like what you're talking about there is a clear clear difference from luck and like putting in the work I don't mm -hmm. want to just say hard work because I think a lot of people work hard but that doesn't always mean like networking and just doing all of the other things that go along with hard work. Yeah, but I, I think also like there's, well, and hmm. argue. <laughs> um, people want to like a, a nine to five is what most people's jobs are. Right. And for me, I've like never had a nine to five. And that can mean like various things. Like sometimes like there have been times in my life where I've worked you know, for instance, summer is usually a busy time. So I'll work like every day for like 60 days, like basically in like June and July, like minus like, you know, one or two days here or there. And then for a couple months, like another part of the year, like I might not work almost at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I, some people really like want to set super clear boundaries on like their free time and whatever. And like, that's totally fine. Like you obviously have to make whatever makes sense you have to do whatever makes sense for your own mental health for sure but um I don't know for me I just was like if I keep pushing I I know I will get more so I think I kind of think that's true like if you just push like to a place where you become like almost uncomfortable oh it's for sure about being uncomfortable again that's another thing I talk about all the time I don't ever think any crazy moves are made when someone's just like chilling yeah sitting in comfort it's like oh shit the fire's under your ass like you have to go move out and get your own apartment right now you have to do whatever buy a new car like now mm -hmm. then these big moves are made and it's uncomfortable but then right afterwards you're like woo, and then it's just the next level it's a constant cycle I mean yeah like a great example of that was when like so basically I have like dual citizenship to Germany and my plan was to always move back to London and because I really liked it when I was there for university and I didn't have like a concrete day of like when I was going to do that it was just like oh like I'll do that in the future I really want to do that and then essentially like Brexit happened and then um <laughs> it was like the prime minister basically changed and then he said like no it's happening like now I didn't even realize that that affected you I forgot all about that yeah it was like it was like really like kind of intense it was like oh la di da di da like it got voted on but then like it was just like constantly like okay right. is it really gonna happen and then the prime minister changed and it was like it's oh, happening shit. like this year and I was like oh damn I was like okay and it was like really like a huge bummer because I had renewed my lease like oh it was like I renewed renewed my lease like in June and then I want to say like beginning of June and I want to say end of July Boris was like all oh. right. And so it was like, I had to like break my lease. And then I basically was like, um, because it was very up in the air at the time. Like he had, it was kind of unclear whether or not it was going to happen um, by like October 31st of that 
year so like right. this was like the end of july and i, I needed to like, get in before halloween that year and i was like okay. like imagine you need to move to another country no in like essentially 60 days i mean moving anywhere is like moving any moving down the street moving down the hallway is hard right so moving across the country which obviously like i said you're you're visiting me from london how long have you been there now I, time is a social construct. It really um, is. Two years? It'll be two years in October this year. Crazy. See, I honestly felt like it's been way longer. So much has happened in my life. Like when I think about, I just remember I was living with my ex mm-hmm. in downtown LA and I remember he and I had gotten into a fight and we were like, on the, we were FaceTiming and I was walking down the street in downtown LA. It was super late at night and you were like, yeah, I'm moving. I was like, what? I can't, but so since that moment, I've lived in like four other places. I've moved back from Orange County, like a lot. I got a dog. Mm. A lot. <laughs> it's like crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's What's crazy. Again? Time's a social construct. So you're so happy. What's been the biggest struggle though, living out of country, as well as having a business, having one of your main clients be in the U.S.? Um, I'm so happy. (laughs) 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 Laughs quietly into a bowl of tears. So most of my clients are still in the U.S., even though I live in another country, and it's actually been okay. I think that's what's really nice about what you do. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm sure a lot of the people who, like, listen to you and watch you, like, they could relate. I'm sure some of them have, like, physical businesses, but then a lot of people don't and then it doesn't really matter where you are and to be honest if you're good enough people will work make the effort yeah they'll make the effort so like and i think that's another thing of like just like you know you know your worth and then like you just say like okay cool do you feel like it took you a while from day one of freelancing to now to like figure out your price it obviously they've changed as you've changed but yeah um i think that's that like just grows and whatever and I tried to also think of it in terms of like year on year essentially Mm -hmm. like that just seemed like a natural progression a place of progression um and then um it gets it the one thing I've struggled with and it was the one thing I struggled with and then I still kind of struggle with is if you have a client for a really long time you kind of feel like you can't raise prices on them Mm. um even though like you're you know, learning. You're leveling up? Yeah. Right. Um, Have you had those conversations before? Yeah. And then like, sometimes you ought to be like ready to walk. Yeah. That's a hard, that's what's hard. I feel like you've always had that confidence though, from looking out at you from an outside perspective. Jeez. Looking at you from an outside perspective. I feel like you totally could be like, okay. And that might just be because of the level that you're at now. I think that just like, you have to have that inner discussion like with yourself before you ever have those conversations. That's like, yeah. Okay. Like what, what's my, I'm going to walk if I don't get this, mm-hmm. like always go into those conversations, knowing exactly what your bottom line is. And you have to be in the right position. That's what I think is so hard about like giving advice or just talking. Whenever I say anything, people are like, Oh, so that's exactly what I should do. I'm like, no, well, no, maybe not. <laughs> Like, 
if you're not in the right financial position to drop a client, don't drop a client because yeah. your self-worth knows 10 times better. Yeah. Obviously, if it's like a ridiculous situation, but you and I were in the same position. Like if things were really, really bad, we were really struggling. We could call our parents and be like, hey, can you help me out? If you don't have that opportunity, you know, figure out something else, but don't screw yourself over trying to go down a path that just isn't for your route. Right. Like, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, weigh the odds before you ever have those conversations. Like, if it's mm-hmm. better for you to have that consistent income because, like... That's what your life needs? Yeah, then, like, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> I really like that turn of phrase. I'm like, who coined that? I haven't heard that in a long time. That's a good one. I feel like I've only ever heard my mom say that. It's a really old people. It's very boomer. Yeah, very boomer energy. Yeah. It's giving boomer. It's giving boomer. Tell mm-hmm. me about your worst and then your best shoot experience. And for the worst one, I want the tea. <laughs> I want the juicy deets. Um, obviously, I can't name names because that would be bad. You call people out. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is a call out podcast. Okay. Um. <laughs> Remember when you tried to do a little Dorit action and have a American British accent? Oh my god. It was the Will really... you do it for me? No. <laughs> no. Stop. <laughs> I shan't. <laughs> if you don't know Dorit, she's a housewife on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and she's never lived in the UK. She's from California, <laughs> but she has a full blown British accent because her husband's from the UK. Anyways. <laughs> she, she's working hard. She hasn't rested in years. <laughs> Her vocal cords, I mean, she is a star. Her her eyes, she's giving intense stare. She does have very deep eyes. <laughs> yeah. I told my neighbor ow, that ow. you said he has deep eyes. No, you didn't say that. Did you say deep eyes or you say intense eyes? No, I was like intense and scary. I you used the word scary? I told him that was my own my own wording. I said, Liz said that your eyes were very intense, and he goes, you know, I've gotten that eye said a little scary. And he was like, no, I know. He was like, I, I don't know why. And he tried to like kind of soften them a bit, but he just closed them. I was like, no, that's not it. He said, take nap. <laughs> just standing um, up. <laughs> Name names, talk. Um, okay, let's start with worst, I guess. Um, I'm trying to like think through. There's a multitude of like different worstness <laughs> vibes. Like in terms of like worst clients or whatever it's always they're gonna be the people who like say they will pay you oh, and then God, are like us. are a hassle um your lowest paying clients and those people are normally the ones that are just going to make Nicholas your life Bagman. hell yeah for sure yeah um and this is a an orthodox way to do it but i always take a 75 percent deposit um these days oh good for you it's very aggressive some people don't like it but i'm like but hey that's the name of the game yeah because here's the thing uh people are too flaky people are flaky and then also i usually i take care of all the costs like i pay for um not not these days when i'm working with like agency models um but Otherwise, like, I usually pay, like, the model, the hair, makeup artist, all the... Any, anyone who helps me, I pay them. Um, so that that 75% deposit is usually actually a 50% deposit anyway. Right. But I digress. Um, worst shoot. Um, 
Worst shoot I feel like was for a client and there was a celebrity stylist involved and I just feel like people who give like really intense attitude are the worst. Like I'm trying I'm trying to like not get really into it with this. <laughs> um I'm just trying to remember like what sh- like it was just a bad vibe. What's what does intense attitude mean? The one time I've ever been on like a professional shoot experience, I was genuinely bullied. Like they were so do you yeah. remember? I remember here. They were like we wanted a a petite size model. I was like, um And then they didn't they tell you you were fat? Yes. They were like you look a little different from your photo. Fo- I can't remember exactly. I just remember them telling me I was like different from my photos, I wasn't petite enough, and I was like I weigh a hundred pounds. <laughs> They were like lose weight. What do you want? Didn't from they me? have weigh you? Like they, yeah, they those... had scale. They had a scale, and they had all the girls jump on, and they were like, mm. I'm "Like what? What is petite to you?" That was bizarre. Never saw the photos. Never even knew what brand it was for. You know what it was for? It was for a Hasidic Jewish all women's clothing line. Fascinating. So it was like all very covered, know, covered up. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Huh. I was like, oh, did you know I'm Jewish? Is that why you chose me? They were like, no, not at all. And I was like, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, you're like, my bad. That's on me. But they um, were super rude. Is that the type of vibe we were talking about? Yeah. I just think like people who have worked with celebrities tend to be, some people just have bad attitudes. Like I had a hairstylist tell me like, If, if I'm doing like a fur fun shoot, then everyone needs to be on the same like page of like what our creative vision is basically. And essentially like if, you know, we're like, you know, the makeup artist, like we all talk, but like ultimately like I want her to do something she's happy with and same for the hairstylist and same for me. Like we're all creating something that's like good for our... It's a collaborative effort. Right. And then I remember I was like shooting this model and then like we had this like little like pink um like nokia phone like a vintage phone and i was like gave it to the model and i was like oh yeah like take some with these and then the hairstylist was like "Mm, it's not working for me like unprompted (laughs) and i was like you're like i was like can you did i ask i feel like that's super out of pocket i i was like you're the photographer right like that's super you're doing hair and makeup not to undermine what you're doing but you have no say in my shooting part like what and the, the best part about that was like um and this is really not this is not the makeup artist for all this is simply because i really like this makeup artist and i would <laughs> never say anything mean about her but um they took like her the makeup artist and the hairstylist took like a solid 30 minutes of bts photos like on their phone and videos on their phone which again that's fine they're doing stuff for their book but like to the point where i only had like i don't know 45 minutes to shoot no. or something like no, that and went on to do like, a couple of setups and whatever and i was like yo like i gave you guys like hours to like do your thing and then take your you're taking your own photos and then i'm like hello so a shoot like that you are just doing it for fun for yeah whatever portfolio you reach out to the model and then you reach out to a hairstylist and a makeup artist and do you sell it to them like oh this will be good for all of our portfolios do you want to come work on the project or how do you go about making those connections i know you have like a few of your ogs but um i mean this was like in 
this was in London. So these were people that I had worked with either through like paid work or I just like saw it on Instagram and I just was like, let's work together. And we hadn't worked together before. Um, I think every creative usually wants good creative work that's more in line with like their own creative artistic vision. It's but just... when you reach out, it's kind of clear that like you're the main coordinator, like you have the main say, correct? Um, or no? Not necessarily. Like it depends what we're doing. Um, right. I think like, like I said, these are people I know, so I have like a little bit more pull. Mm-hmm. But if it's someone I'm truly like don't know at all, I might say like, hey, like I'm gonna shoot with like this. Like I might have like a, a model in mind, and I'm gonna say like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna shoot this, with this. Hey, I'm gonna shoot with this person. I have like this concept and whatever. Okay. Like, and then they can like yay or nay mm-hmm. from there, basically. Best shoot experience. My favorite shoot experience was probably a shoot that I did last summer in um, Positano in Italy. Um, <laughs> that's almost like a best and worst. The obviously it was an incredible opportunity um, and. The most stunning photos. It, it was, like, beautiful there. Yeah. And I got to work with, like, these, like, really lovely girls. Like, one of the girls who I still talk to. Um, I mean, I talked to both of them. But, like, one of the girls I, like, really connected with. She was really funny. Um, she's Brazilian. And she was just, like, very big personality. Hmm. Um, <laughs> like, just, like, she was a talker. She was great. I loved her. Um, but, so, it was... It was... A great opportunity. It was something I'd never done before. It was a like had a huge budget, obviously. Um, it was shot at this like incredible hotel, and it was just the the setting was incredible, basically. Um, and but obviously the work that goes into that, I'd never done a shoot that was that big of a production with like a multiple like ten thousand dollars. Stressful. It was. Incredible. <laughs> I was like, I can do that. Like I've. Put together so and many out shoots. of country and yeah it was and i was coordinating um my ex at the time um came with us um and he assisted me because he had like experience um kind of semi in the like doing production so i was like booking our tickets and then i booked tickets for both the models and they were coming from two other places like other countries <laughs> is that standard for your job what are you supposed to be the one so <laughs> It's probably not standard for someone who's doing like creative direction to literally do absolutely everything. Um, For me, I am used to doing absolutely everything um, because I like as a freelancer, that's like one of the things I like market myself as is like Mm -hmm. I'll do full service, full service, like A to Z. And like I said, I'd never done anything like this before. So I don't think I realized how big of an undertaking it was. Um, And I'd even like booked like I'd done shoots in other countries like traveling with friends um so i kind of was like oh like how much (laughs) more difficult could it be turns out (laughs) hard um i there was i cried like buckets in the organization of that like and to answer your question like no it is not normal for Mm -hmm. one person to do all of that usually you will have a freaking team of people to help you with that sort of stuff um but i think it was good for me to do it because i really understand how to do it now so i can kind of teach someone else how to do it a little bit and 
I understand like what they're doing. So I think that gives me like makes me more empathetic in that situation if anything comes mm-hmm. up. Do you think pushing yourself to such extents, and this is more of a general question, not necessarily directed at you, but also directed at you. Like that was a huge undertaking, like you said, that you ended up, it ended up going great. I I mean, it ended up going great, but I cried because basically the, sorry to interrupt you, no. but um, one of the models, her name on her passport was Amanda and her name through the modeling agency was Alana. Oh God. Those names are incredibly similar <laughs> and close visually and like very similar. And so I was, I booked all the tickets. I booked all these flights. I booked hers. I was doing, I had just purchased it. And I did my like last triple check to be like, okay, are these like, everything's the same on her passport as it is on the ticket when i realize i've booked it for alana and i see on her passport it says amanda and i booked it with like ryanair (laughs) and like easyjet i think which are the sketch worst worst airlines and i have never flown them and i don't plan on flying them ever um if i can help it i'm but and it was like during covid like Kind of like that, like it was last summer. So it was kind of like people were trying to get back into it. But then like there were, everything the was low staffed. The transition just wasn't as smooth. No, right. it was bad. And so I just, I like did it and I just immediately started crying. Because that was like the last thing that I kind of had to book um, to be done. And I was leaving. I think I was booking that on, I don't know, maybe like a week beforehand. So it wasn't like I had a ton of time and it was like a Friday night as well. Yeah, the pain that that gives me. So in situations like that, all this shit hit the fan, but it ended up turning great. You really pushed yourself. It was really stressful. Mm. Do you think that at the end, okay, that's a really good thing. Now I'm equipped to do it for the next time. Or do you think like maybe I need to take a step back, not have people think I can do everything does that make sense yeah that's like one of the discussions i have often with um myself no (laughs) with um my friend misha and her Mm -hmm. boyfriend giovanni who's he's a um a fashion photographer in london he's incredibly talented um he is completely the opposite to me he's like i hate doing anything that isn't actually just photography (laughs) like literally he's like i mean the last time i talked to him he was like and he's italian and he's very has a strong opinion but he um was like i want to go there i want to have my assistant set everything up set up the lights like get everything in place and they the film is loaded okay and i get up there and i take the picture and I say, okay, no, the light's a little weird. And then they fix everything. And then I take the picture and, and everything's done. And I don't do anything. I get, at the end of the day, the assistant hands me all the film we shot. And I take that to the lab. And that's... Call it. Yeah. And so he does, he conceptualizes it. Right. And organize and says like, okay, like, you know, you're, you know, you're my assistant. You do that. And then the assistants kind of take it from there. But very different from what you're doing. Oh, a world no. of difference. A world of difference. I'm like doing the job of like 18 people. Right. And he's <laughs> like not doing that. Right. Um, 
So what was your question? Like, do I think pushing myself is like worth it? Like so that other people. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're succeeding in these situations. So it's not like a failure, but for your own sanity and your health, I guess is what I'm asking. You know, it's like, yeah, dope. I, I really went for it and now I can do it. But yeah, like just because I, like blessing and a curse, I'm good at a lot of stuff. Let's... You are. You, you, you are good at a lot of stuff. You're just very business minded. Well, I just think like most problems can be solved by hard work right so come in full circle yeah like so (laughs) just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to actually be the person to do it Mm -hmm. like you could just hire someone else who's yeah you're a special breed this is not for everyone no but i and i also think like just because like you know maybe i'm like a seven out of ten maybe there's someone out there who's like a ten out of ten at it totally there's always going to be someone who works ten times harder than you who's ten times better or just specializes right right so, like, maybe they spend all of their time doing that one thing that you're, like, you're, like, good at. But, like, maybe they're, like, excellent at it. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's something that I need to learn how to do better. And when I, like, I was having that conversation earlier this morning about having a video editor. Because. Mm-hmm. Delegation is key. Yeah, and I would say, usually I'm actually really good at that. Um, but it's. I just don't feel like you like telling people no. No, I always tell people yes. Because that's my dad's mindset. My hmm. dad is always, like say yes figure out how you're gonna have time and how to do it later and make it work it's hard to advise against that because you're doing so well you know it's like yeah you shouldn't always say yes to everything but then i look at someone like you and i'm like well that's the path that you went down and now you're doing well so i think it's a it's an ebb and flow and it's different for everyone but one of the last things i want to talk to you about is you are so busy you have so much going on you're very driven you're very passionate to really bring it full circle. How does that work in your love life? When you're dating someone, do you feel like you're busier than them? You're a big phone girl to keep chatting. Big phone girl. Well, you and I are on our phones all the time, like texting. So when we get a message, we're like, hey, ah." I'm embarrassed about my screen time. Tony, Um, my neighbor, he'll text me and be like, call me when you have a second. And I always call him right away. And he's like, you're a freak. Why are you calling (laughs) me so quickly? I'm like, I'm on. I, I <laughs> yeah, I think it, I, that actually annoys me the most is like, you are so busy and still make time. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well I made times and I'm like successful, like doing well for myself. Like, and I'm like accomplishing a lot. So I'm like, and you're not doing anything. So like, what's going on? And that's not to say that like, I don't like lollygag. I hate that word. I uh, love it. Lollygag. <laughs> My mom used to yell at me and be like, don't lollygag. Yeah, maybe we get that from our parents. Like, why even say that? Talk. My people will call your people. Um, <laughs> my people are busy. Well, I'm not. Um, <laughs> yes, you are, you psycho. I know. I'm like, sleep is for the week. Uh, <laughs> not, sleep is not for the week. No, I sleep is good. Um, I get a full... Don't... I get a full 30 minutes. Stop, you (laughs) sick, sick maniac. (laughs) That's from an elf. I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. I'm allowing myself to feel... (laughs) I think we're getting sleepy. (laughs) It's 11.41. Oh my god. I know. How do I feel like that affects my love life? Um... Yeah, so I kind of just feel like I don't understand how these people want to be out here and say, like, they don't have enough time. I'm like, all right, let's play a game. 
Who's busier, me or you? <laughs> you always. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Uh, my question is, what are people doing with their time? <laughs> that is true. I do think that, like, when you're not texting me, what are you doing? I feel like you do a lot when we're not texting. I feel like I come back to you the next day. Oh, I was meaning boys. Oh. Well, well that's because that's you and it. I are, like, a day apart. So, like... That's true. <laughs> like, a whole day has gone by. And what I are that... men doing, though? Okay, so that's what I was going to say. I feel like they're just scrolling the web. <laughs> TikTok and scrolling the world. I feel like they're just watching football highlights. I don't. I mean, what else caught someone doing that? No, but what else could they possibly be doing? I feel like no. They're on their phone. There's no. There. Yeah, they're on their phone. That's not even up for debate. So if you want to debate it, exit out right now. Pause. Exit out. (laughs) Okay. I hate when people are like, I know I don't check my phone. Liar. You're a filthy liar. I'm, that personally hurts me. Don't lie to my face. Yeah, I don't like that. You're on your phone. <laughs> I know it. I know you are. So that's a good question. What are men doing? I don't know. Comment on my latest Instagram post and tell us what men are doing. It's like the um, that like thing of like they're with the boys. They are with the boys, but, but they're like, not. Like in David's vlog, it's like, this is what they're doing. It's like doing a body shot. Literally off the other boys. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, so maybe they're doing body shots off the boys. I have no idea. And I don't understand how, like, it's not that hard to, like, talk to that many people. Like, if you're, like, dating or whatever. And, like, I'm, right, like, men, right. I feel like men are, like, being, like... You know, like I'm. I just want to like hang out with a bunch of people. I just want. But men are the ones that struggle with talking to a bunch of girls. Like they can't balance three ladies. Totally. I'm like, yeah, those are rookie numbers. Oh, for sure. I got twelve right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yet my phone is dry. So (laughs) me and my twelve. So that's all I know. But do you question? Question? Question and answer time. Speed round. (laughs) <laughs> will you date someone who makes less money than you? Yes. Will you date someone who wants to be a stay-at-home parent? Would you date someone that wants to just stay at home who's not down to work? Like, you're the sole breadwinner. Okay, but they have to, like, help me. I feel like I'm always enlisting the help of my... Max actually said that to me. He was, like... He was, like, in his, like, little New York mm-hmm. accent. Which Stop. I Don't turn me on. <laughs> which I couldn't possibly... <laughs> Bear to imitate. I'm actually, I wouldn't, I would do a really bad job. Um, but he was like, I feel like whenever you have a boyfriend, they all, you're all, they're always helping you. You're always getting them to help you with stuff. You are pretty good at enlisting people to like, hey, do you mind? Like, See, I am a good delegator. You are a good delegator. Let's just step it up a, a notch. I wrote people in. We're not booking flights for anyone anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> been there, done that. I um, think that was a good speed round. I could have more. Um, um, I can't think of like good enough questions. What was your what was what was that an answer to? Would you be with a stay at home like? Oh, because uh, that's what's big for me. I don't care if you don't make as much money than me. If you make ten times as more, but if you're like driven and like want to do stuff, that's super cool. If you're just trying to like sit at home and. Yeah, but men don't actually know. So here's the problem with that is that men don't really know how to do like housework or cook uh, or anything. Very true. So it's like you're staying at home and doing what? What? Then what? I'm just going to have to come back and redo it. I mean, it's I don't even. 
Yeah, I just, if you're going to, like, bring something to the table, like, if I was dating someone who was, you know, really going to, like, take care of the house and, like, take care right. of all of those things. I want to be razzled and dazzled. I mean, yeah, like, like, Misha and Giovanni, like, Giovanni cooks, like, for them all the time. Like, Misha's, like, a crazy person. She works, like, crazy hours, as you know. Right. Um, she's a producer um, and at a quite big art agency um and she works very hard um and slaves away for context um and giovanni is a photographer and also italian and he makes her like <laughs> delicious pasta and wow all the stop time. okay well you're I setting know. the bar a bit high okay well um it should be high it's yeah i i think my bar should be higher probably but um everyone's bar should probably be take your bar right now raise it just an inch <laughs> raise it an inch i feel like i'm doing like the limbo with the, lim- the limbo is an iconic game. When's the last time you limboed? Let's limbo in a minute. No, I'm actually really bad at that. Do you remember those people who show up at parties and they would could literally walk? Yeah, like, like okay, with their like legs. We above get that you don't have angle. a spine. That's fine. <laughs> Stop showing off, you invertebrate. <laughs> you little slug. <laughs> Stop it, you little slug! You. I almost said snake, and then I realized that those are. They are like a vertebrae because they, oh, yeah, they just they isn't just, that all they are? That's all they have. Yeah, you are solely vertebrae. If anything, they are the original vertebrate, if you will. Vertebrate or vertebrae? Verte- vertebrate. A okay. vertebrate is the the mammal. The vertebrae is the bone. As I'm looking at your skin peel off, you're like a vertebrate. You're lo- losing a, a layer. Listen, snake girl. Snake girl. <laughs> what's your what's your Harry Potter house? I would for sure say Slytherin. Yeah, I know that's not. The anyway, buy, but... this is a podcast brought to you by two Slytherins. <laughs> My last question. We're not done yet. Slow down. What's one piece of advice you would give to young women or men who want to do what you're doing? Um, in summation, probably just full circling all the stuff that we said. So like cold calling, reaching out, um, and being really, really persistent, not giving up, really working super hard, like pushing yourself beyond the point where you feel like... You'd be surprised how much you can mentally take if you just keep pushing yourself. Not that that's like... Stop. <laughs> great. I'm like, well, this isn't Guantanamo Bay. It's just life. Um, but you could take a Guantanamo Bay mindset. Um, anyways. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyways. Um, in, ter- in terms of like actual creativity, though, I think that's where it gets interesting. Um, because... You could have, like, no equipment and, like, no anything. Like, I see so many photographers who are, like, young and, like... Really getting creative with it. Like, yeah, like, you just get creative with it. Like, it's not, like... I tell people that all the time. I talked to some girl who I was coaching the other day, and she was like, my countertops... She's a, like, healthy lifestyle influencer. She's like, my countertops are all brown and ugly. Like, I really don't want to take photos on them. And I was like, girl, go to Home Depot and buy, like, one little piece of marble for 10 bucks and shoot all your photos on that. There you go. So I agree with that. Yeah, just like learn to set yourself apart regardless of whatever equipment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you can still be creative no matter like what your situation is with that. I mean, for God's sake, like so much of the stuff I shoot is on an iPhone. <laughs> right. Like it's not that deep. Like you can. I think that's a big like misconception though. People are like, what do you film your reels on? I'm like, what? My iPhone and my $50 ring light from Amazon. Like nothing special. Can I tell you about that conversation I had with that um, guy who was sitting next to my table when I was sitting with Lexi? Mm -mm. So 
I was with my friend. Oh, Lexi. yes, yes, you did. You did. Like, basically, we were, I was sitting with my friend Lexi, who's a model, and I had my um, Pentax 6-7 on the table, which is a, it's a huge film camera. It's very heavy. It has, like, a wooden handle. It's, like, very intense. It's beautiful. It, uh, it is beautiful. Um, and I took a couple pictures of, of I took a couple pictures of her um, sitting across from me at this, like, cafe. And not only is this camera really big, it's also really loud. So the couple next to us obviously took notice. And um, the guy was like, hey, oh, like, that's really cool. Like, well, like, um, I actually run, like, a food styling business or something to that extent. I forget. Um, Anyway, suffice it to say, he needed to take photos for whatever reason. And he was like, oh, like, we used to have a photographer do it. And then I just ended up buying my own, like, like, special DSLR setup, like, a very intense DSLR setup. And then he wanted he essentially he ended up taking photos with his iphone and he was like yeah those are exactly the same hmm. and uh, <laughs> it's just like sir it has nothing to do with the equipment it has so much to do with the person who's holding the camera right so like that's like the proof right there like if your mind is in the right place and you want to be creative then it really doesn't matter like what you're taking the picture with i mean you could go get like a disposable and Don't make it happen. It. Yeah. I totally agree. So we leave you with this. What is your lump? That's it for another episode of the Peony Podcast. Thank you, Liz. Glad to be here. <laughs> Say it with more enthusiasm. Jeez. Thank you, Liz. Thank you to our audience. And we'll chat with you soon. Bye, girlies. <laughs> <laughs>